Hello and welcome to another episode of Sound and Vision with me, Esme Gorn. So it's another Sunday, a lovely, lovely sunny Sunday here in Edinburgh. And I don't know about you, but it's uh, it's getting kind of muggy. The spring is in the air. I'm enjoying it very much so indeed. And yeah, you are listening to Fresher Edinburgh Student Radio with me, Esme Goron, and I am here with another episode of Sound and Vision. Now, if you are new to this uh, radio station or you have never been to a Sound and Vision episode before, welcome, hello, it is great that you're here, I am happy to be chatting with you guys, you lovely listeners, about art today on this Sunday. Um, This is a show where we talk about art, art history, minus its pretenses, and then we create a sort of synesthetic mishmash of a playlist, which I feel resonates with the artist in which we discuss so it's basically combining my two biggest obsessions and uh, creating a nice hour to relax and round off the end of the week um, in a nice arty kind of way so this week I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about Linda Sterling Um, this is one of the first artists I really got into and excited about I really love Linda Sterling she is super awesome and Um, She just embodies the entire 70s badass punk era, which I find all very exciting. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about Linda Sterling, um, and I'm going to be creating, as I said, a playlist which I think resonates with her work, which is particularly exciting because her work is very edgy and... um, dramatic, uh, feminist, and I have lots of ideas of good tunes which will hopefully uh, embody, you know, her her entire philosophy and style. So yeah, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Um, the first song I would like to play is PJ Harvey, The Water. So without further ado, uh, let's just get right stuck into it. Why not?
What a wicked way to start to, uh, this week's show. Um, that is one of my favourite PJ Harvey songs. It is the coolest, it is the most badass tune. Um, very exciting to listen to that and hear it on a radio, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so if you have just tuned in, hello, welcome. I am Esme Goran. You're listening to Fresh Air Student Radio and... This is my show, Sound and Vision, where we talk about art and we talk about music, which is all very exciting. And this week I'm particularly excited because we're going to be discussing Linda Sterling, who is one of my favourite artists from the 70s punk era, which I think is wicked. Um, and I'm going to be comprising a synesthetic playlist, which I think resonates with her work, basically. So it's going to be lots of fun. Um, Linda Sterling is one of the first artists I got really into. Um, she is a sort of collagist uh, who does sort of feminist radical photo montage work and um, sort of confrontational performance art. She is very British, um, English, Northern, from Manchester, and um, you know, she is just from that entire, oh, that's just that 70s era, which I wish I was there, but. Um, this show's definitely going to be uh, it's sort of having a nice sort of 70s rugged punk feel, which I like. Um, so the particular work I want to talk about is What I Do to Please You, I Do from 1981, which is a little bit later, but it's a uh, image of her work, which I think is really interesting. Um, and she, as I said, she does a lot of collage stuff and that's kind of what got her on her feet and sort of got her noticed in the art world um, immediately. But she also does, yeah, performance stuff and she's also a musician. She is in a wicked band, sort of a post-punk Manchester-based uh, female feminist band called Ludus, which I had only just discovered from researching her the previous, you know, this week. And thank goodness I found it because this band is, a, is the coolest band. Um, I don't know why it hasn't had more acclaim or, uh, you know, on Spotify it doesn't have, you know, I mean, Spotify's a bit meh anyway, but it just doesn't have many, you know, listens or I've never even heard of it, um, but it's a sick band. I do recommend listening, and I'm going to, of course, be playing some of their songs this week. Um, but yeah, the 70s. Let's talk about the 70s. I wasn't there, unfortunately. But, um, you know, Britain in the 1970s, it was the decade of the space hopper, the Ford Cortina, the rallied shopper bikes, the record player and cassette recorder. It was the decade of strikes, postal workers, miners and dustmen. And of course, it ended with the winter of discontent in 1979 when ITV went off the air for five months. People out there who, you know, maybe parents of listeners or listeners who are from that era you are probably feeling very nostalgic right now um but yeah it was a it was a it was an awesome time where awesome music was being made and of course a lot of art was being made as a reaction to such you know unprecedented times um <clears throat> so she was uh yeah this radical feminist photo montageist um raised in a small mining village outside uh, Wigan in the 1950s and she burst onto the punk scene in the 70s with sort of subversive collages which she made from images of naked pinups from glamour magazines such as Playboy and sort of consumer culture such as uh, like cupcakes, blenders, washing machines, you name it and she played with this idea of um, sort of the way 
the way the female body was presented in the media and the way, you know, sort of magazines were very gendered and she would kind of make uh, collages which would place both the female form next to sort of female-based objects uh, sort of surrounding the household. So, yeah, very, very awesome stuff. And um, she became uh, sort of critically acclaimed and uh, famous shortly after making the uh, vinyl sleeve uh, for the Buzzcocks, which uh, she met these guys at their first ever Sex Pistols gig in 1977. And the Buzzcocks commissioned Sterling to create this collage for their vinyl sleeve, um, their album Orgasm Addict, which is one of her most recognisable pieces. It is an image of an oiled-up woman with an iron on her head. Uh, yeah, very nice. Very eye-catching, very punk, very cool. Um, but yes, the reason I played PJ Harvey to start off the show is PJ Harvey from the 90s, but she very much did uh, sort of a similar thing where she played with the idea of femininity and kind of took took the piss a little bit, you know, um, overdid it and the, sort of the whole media image of women, she... Um, exaggerated so she'd wear red bright red lipstick over accentuated eyebrows over glamour you know sort of glamour image but then combine that with rugged um sometimes rugged imagery and rugged music as you heard with the water that song we just heard but before i babble on for much longer let's listen to one of linda's own songs from her band ludus um a really wicked band and this is my favorite song uh, um from this band called sightseeing so yeah let's get into that
And that was Sightseeing by Ludus, which is the band which Linda Sterling was the front woman of. And it was a... Oh, they're a really cool band. I mean, I, do, I can't believe I've only just discovered them. But yeah, anyone out there who liked the sound of that, Ludus, um, Sightseeing, awesome band, for sure. So if you um, have just tuned in, we are discussing the work of Linda Sterling, the life of Linda Sterling, and just the general punk era of the 19, sort of late 1970s, early 80s, and the attitude and the, you know, the, the ruggedness, um, and yeah, Linda's work in general. So she was a photo montagist and did a lot of collage work where she would find images from glamour magazines and also from just pornographic magazines of women and how they were portrayed and then she would combine that with uh, images from women's magazines uh, such as uh, sort of uh, irons and microwaves and household objects which were for ladies and then she would combine them and create a really awesome confrontational image um, she was told, or she speaks about her whole life, people uh, mistaking her for a man because she feels as though uh, people couldn't quite comprehend why a woman would make uh, these such controversial and intense images. And I guess that's punk, isn't it? The Just being, you know, subversive. Uh, so glamour. Glamour, the world of glamour. Um... Glamorous, the first use of the word uh, in Scotland during the 17th century, uh, actually referred to a magical technique of enchantment, uh, witches sort of placed over others. Um, so, <coughs> sorry, the uh, word glamorous and glamour, which is very associated with femininity, um, was actually tied to witches and witchcraft um, and uh, was sort of used... As a, as a bad thing, kind of like sirens and um, the women's power to seduce. And being accused of casting a glamour over someone would get you burned at the stake. So in medieval times, women could die from being glamorous. And this uh, etymology feels quite apt to the work of Linda Sterling, who uses her artwork to expose glamour as something to be careful of. She will have these very glamorous uh, images of women and the makeup and the, the glamour. Um, but she will make you question this glamour. And uh, is it really something? Is, is it a positive? Is it a negative? You know, people were getting burnt at the stake for it. It's, uh, there's quite a lot of historical weight just to femininity in general. And um, of course, the whole punk scene turns this all on its head, you know. Um, she was part of the sort of punk punk rock post-punk scene sort of the same uh, era as joy division and the buzzcocks and um, the era in which the smiths emerged and uh, in many ways her collage works from the period have much in common with this sort of subversive practices of punk such as ripping things apart and reassembling them as a way of showing the um, counterfeit quality and construction of any social image and her technique of cutting up and collaging in general and is very aggressive and yeah it definitely resonates with this entire punk scene sort of the fabrication of social images and how people wanted to start taking control of their social image and express themselves um yeah so 
Her art went beyond the rebellion of her underground musical counterparts. Um, so Hannah Hock in the Weimar era, Hannah Hock being from sort of the Dada era, uh, another collagist. Uh, her work definitely re uh, resonates with Linda's work as well. Um, sort of the use, uh, the, the general themes in Linda's works of capitalism, sexuality, violence, feminism, desire, morbidity, and hope. And um, yeah, it's all very exciting stuff. And uh, this is also the era in which um, one of my favorite bands uh, is from, and Roxy Music, which is also a rather glamorous band, sort of glamour rock, glam rock. And this is the next song I want to play is actually um, a sort of orchestral version of a Roxy Music song, Dance Away, which... Uh, this song's very dear to me from the 2020 era. Um, we would listen to this song in the garden. My little sister does ballroom and she would dance to it and I would love to play it um, just to have a bit of a break from all this heavy, you know, aggressive tunes. Let's have some orchestral stuff and then maybe we'll listen to some actual Roxy later on. So here we go. Dance Away by the Brian Ferry Orchestra.
was Dance Away by the Brian Ferry Orchestra. So an sort of orchestral version of the Roxy Music 1970s classic, Dance Away. One of my favourite songs, one of my favourite bands. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice mix-up from today's more um, aggressive, punky theme. Um, so we're talking about Linda Sterling and her work and her punk attitude uh but also she so she grew up in in manchester and she went to the polytechnic uh art school there she was actually the first in her family um to ever go to school past the age of uh, 14 so she felt a lot of pressure on her shoulders to um be successful and that definitely drove her and she was at the polytechnic in manchester met morrissey the singer of the band The Smiths, and they were actually very dear friends, which I find incredibly fascinating. Um, they're very different characters with very different work, and they are, st- you know, they're still great friends today. Their friendship has only grown, and Morrissey was actually very distraught when Linda became successful because that meant he um, had to go back to being a bit of a loner and going about things on his own um, and try and you know he wasn't the mo- the best in the sort of house party setting linda was more um more social uh, she definitely was a bit of a crutch for him to to lean on in terms of the social scene and when she became successful and moved on uh morrissey was a bit distraught but of course he uh he ended up doing pretty well and formed the band the smiths which anyone listening no doubt about it you will know this band and it will definitely probably have some connection to your youth uh i know it does for me um great band and i can't not play a smith song if we're talking about linda because you know they're best friends her and morrissey were very good buddies they would meet up regularly and go for nice long walks um actually at the local cemetery uh by a graveyard um they both lived in the same area of manchester and uh, they would go on walks and they would just have nice long chats. They both had very little money and um, lots of the same books were rattling around their heads, as Linda puts it. And they were both actually reading the same sort of feminist texts and shared a lot of uh, the same feelings about uh, women's rights, in fact, in the 70s. And, um, for example, I think uh, I remember reading something where Linda... Uh, was talking to Morrissey about how they would describe uh, women in sport. So on the radio, they would broadcast um, um, the men's 100-metre race and say, oh, the men's 100-metre race. But when they spoke about women, they said it was the girls' 100 metres race, uh, which is quite demeaning. And they actually both formed a letter together to complain about that, which I think is very charming and very funny. Um, yeah, so they had a very close relationship, and actually one of the Smiths' songs, Cemetery Gates, was based on Linda and the long walks they would have together by the cemetery, the local cemetery. So, yeah, I'm going to play that song next. Here we go, Cemetery Gates by the Smiths. But it's only days, so I'll meet you at the cemetery gates Keats and Yates are on your side I dread it's sunny days, so I'll meet you at the cemetery gates Keats and Yates are on your side While 
just like mine They were born and then they lived and then they died Seems so unfair, I want to cry You sir throws the sun down salutation to the dawn And you claim these words as your own But I've read well and I've heard them said A hundred times, maybe less, maybe more If you must write pros and points The words you use should be around Don't plagiarize or take on loan But there's always someone somewhere With a big nose who knows And trips you up and laughs when you fall Will trip you up and laugh when you fall written uh, about her and the walks they would go on by the cemetery gates, I suppose, talking about Yeats and Yeats and Keats and Yeats <laughs> and all of those lovely romantic poets which Morrissey loved so much. The daffodil throwing Morrissey. So, Linda Sterling, Morrissey, quite an odd pair, quite different attitudes, but you know, they were very dear friends. Uh, Linda Sterling, uh, a lot of her work is centred around sort of feminism and the 1970s uh, issues regarding feminism. Um, and she attributed sort of feminism to her, um, both her name actually and the subject matter of her photo montages, which often uh, repurpose images of women from both porn magazines and just glamour magazines and blend them with domestic objects. And she says here, quote, people were either delighted or horrified that a woman could have made that kind of work. Um, that said, Linda is swift to acknowledge the progress feminism has made. If I, uh, quote, if I look back to the 1970s when I read first read um, Germaine Greer's The Female Eunuch, you uh, could advertise a job for men um, only and women only. So she's uh, saying how now uh, we know that there are actually still huge discrepancies in pay, but back then it was, a, it was just the norm that men's jobs would be advertised and would be just paid far more highly. So she does acknowledge the progress that has been made. Um, and also she talks of the enemy, if there was one, is uh, was far more visible in the 70s than it is now. Um, now we have to, nowadays in the 
uh, 21st century, we have to wait to dig around a bit before we find what's going on. There's just so much information nowadays, it's hard to know where the issues are. And it, it does require a lot of digging and fact-checking, because um, I feel very commonly nowadays people tend to jump to conclusions and believe whatever they tend to read online, but it's, it's much harder nowadays to find who is the actual enemy. And she, she goes into detail discussing that. Um, and she does feel as though feminism has been incredibly successful, but of course we have a long way to go. Um, so Lynn has been using her practice as a vehicle for feminist prov provocation throughout her career. And it's impossible to look at her Pretty Girls series without drawing parallels between the appearance of a beautiful woman and the appearance of a domestic object. Both are silent, both have use. Yes, powerful stuff. Um, Simone de Beauvoir <laughs> said one is not born but rather becomes a woman and she talks about having uh, read Beauvoir's words uh, for the first time when she was uh, about 16 that's when she first got into her feminist literature and um, that's when she realised men can do this and women do this and for her she found that incredibly unnatural and strange and so she began to unpick it and uh, this whole theatre of life, this whole social stage, she unpicked it and sort of decided to create her own social stage and uh, that's very much what the punk attitude's all about I suppose, yeah, very cool. So the next song I want to play is actually a bit different. It's called uh, Evidence by a band The Snapped Ankles. This band is super super cool they're very punky they're, they're a modern band actually so they're not from the og punk era but i first heard this song from iggy pop's radio show so creds to iggy pop uh his friday show is absolute blessed and uh way to end the working week and i found this song on his show and yeah it got me moving got me excited and i'd love to play it uh, i feel as though the attitude and the aggression and energy really resonates with Linda Sterling's work and passion and the 70s era in general. So here we go. Evidence by the Snap Dangles.
Hey, tune. You can definitely boogie to that. You can definitely move. It's such a tune. And I discovered that recently from Iggy Pop's radio show on Fridays. Confidential. And um, that was uh, what I heard. Snapped ankles evidence. And that is... It's fresh, it's new, and it's, you know, sounds very punky, but it's actually a modern band. Uh, the Snapped Ankles formed in East London, e- blah, 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 East London in 2011, and they began performing at DIY nights, creating live improvisations by chopping up 1960s films before sequencing and augmenting them with synthesizers. And they released their first single um, in December 2012 so they are they're pretty recent and they're pretty around and they're still making music and they're still going and it's all it's, it's all getting very you know and people talk about music nowadays not being good listen to the snapped ankles there is so much stuff out there that's exciting and new um them being proof of that so yeah definitely listen to them again see them search them whatever you know they're probably doing some gigs soon if i'm honest uh that's a sort of later you know recent release of theirs, uh, evidence, snapped angles. Okay, enough jabbering. So, Linda Sterling, that's what we're here to talk about. Linda Sterling, the work of the sort of punky collagist, photomontagist, and her collage work in particular, which I've always found incredibly fascinating. Um, before Linda placed an iron over a porn star's face in the Buzzcock's uh, vinyl sleeve, she actually had a more conventional approach to art. She utilita- utilised paint, charcoal, pens and pencils, and it wasn't until she encountered the punk movement during her time studying at Manchester Polytechnic that things started to change. She says how uh, the summer before I graduated in 1976, this thing called punk began, (laughs) or just happened. And she explains this as, um, she was getting tired of mark making anyway, and then suddenly I was experimenting with cutting up photographs. I realised there was a different way of making your mark that was very economic, that was very clean, and almost forensic and surgical. And she still very much works in this way four decades later. Um, Over the last 40 years, Linda's scalpel has continued to hover around the female form, drawing subjects from a myriad of locations, including uh, lads mags, glossy publications, and just general media images. Um, Yeah really cool but actually recently she's uh, been she means she's always been she's been doing performance work so very dramatic and controversial performance work her whole career uh she was the front woman of the pr- the manchester-based post-punk band ludus which we listened to earlier with sightseeing and um so she was she used to being on stage and she would always uh, get involved in her performance work she liked to be in control of it and be very involved and this is an interesting fact she actually made the meat dress before lady gaga shock horror oh no three decades before lady gaga had her stunt of the meat dress linda sterling had already done that and she's been interviewed many times actually regarding that um because she never got any credit she never got any uh recognition uh lady gaga didn't actually realize that it had been done before but it had and it was linda who did it she invented it uh she performed in manchester in a dress made from scraps of commercial meat while two other women handed out raw meat wrapped in porn to the crowd um and at the apex of the show she stripped off to reveal an enormous black dildo which is a bit dramatic but you know she was just 
dramatic, it was cool, it was punk, it was experimental, and she did it first. So, but um, regarding her performance, uh, yes, she did once upon a time dress up in meat, but more recently, she actually has been working on doing ballet pieces and um, choreographing and sort of style designing and arranging ballet performances, which uh, explore the same themes really, like sexuality, women, feminism, media. And um, she did one recently, which was very much inspired by Barbara Hepworth's monumental sculpture, The Family Man. Um, These sculptures were sort of iron sculptures outdoors, and they very much invited you to dance around with them. Um, The body is used to sort of cut through the air in the same way she cuts through paper in her collages. Lots of experimental choreography and um, it's actually the first performance piece that Linda Sterling has not participated in. So it was a very different experience for her. But the uh, you can watch it online actually. If you go onto YouTube, I watched it and it's really, really awesome. It has some very interesting experimental music behind it. Um, yeah, Linda Sterling ballet performance. If you put that in, you can watch it and it's, it's very mesmerizing. But moving on, next song I would like to play. Um, hmm. So I've been coming up with excuses why not to play the Pixies over the last uh, few weeks where I've been doing my radio show. I haven't played any Pixies, but I feel this is a, t- a this is an opportunity where I can finally play the Pixies. Uh, they are my favourite band. For anyone who knows me, you probably know, and I'm oh. I'm excited to play them. This is Tame by the Pixies. It's only 1 minute 55, but it's 1 minute 55 of absolute bliss. And this, I think, very much embodies Linda Sterling's aggression and attitude and just the general vibe of the whole punk era. So here we go. Tame by the Pixies. I hope you're prepared.
And if you are not energised after that, then I don't know what's going to do it, because that was Tame by the Pixies, one of my favourite songs by them, one of my favourite bands, and they are just fresh and awesome every single time. That was Tame. Yes, Black Francis's vocals were really screaming through, although you could hear the nice, soft, melodious addition of Kim Deal's voice as well, and... It just creates a very delightful sound, in my opinion. And um, yeah, that was tame, Pixies. And I've, I've been, I have been waiting to find the perfect artist to play uh, a Pixies song. And I just, ah, oh, this was my opportunity. And I do think Linda Sterling's uh, punky, aggressive, risky, experimental work really fits with uh, the sound, the fresh sound the Pixies made in the nineties. So that was a song from their album Doolittle, which was the first... I actually listened to that album before I listened to Surfer Rosa, which was their first album. Um, very dear to me, very nostalgic. And I do, if you if you haven't gotten properly into the Pixies, um, of course everyone's probably heard their um, uh, Where Is My Mind and that sort of... That, that's a good, great song, but I do really... I urge you to listen to them properly album in order it's a great experience it's awesome stuff so linda sterling yes enough of a rambling um let's talk a bit about her philosophy uh she has some really sort of uh, inspirational um words of wisdom regarding work and if you're an artist it's always very helpful to hear what other artists have to say about the whole process of making art because it can be incredibly frustrating making art and not knowing if you're doing it right and it can be very demoralizing but she actually says to allow boredom which is a hard thing to allow i for one do not allow it very often i get very frustrated when i'm bored as i'm sure most people do and i do everything in my power to avoid it but she says allow it allow your boredom And she goes on to say, when you put a seed in the ground, you don't keep picking it up and showing it to your friends. You put the seed in and cover it over. You let it have its time in the darkness. And that's a very beautiful poetic way of saying, just let yourself, let your mind wander, let yourself be bored, embrace it, you know, indulge in it and let it do its thing. Because you're not just going to make an awesome piece of art without the time of thinking and dwelling and, you know soaking in that boredom, that boredom which we all try to avoid so very much um she goes on to say i've learned how to make things stick uh that could literally be about photo montage or it could be applied metaphorically because i stick at things i don't give up quite easily uh, that was quite funny actually <laughs> she's a, uh, yeah letting things stick of course she uses a lot of glue in her work so she's being a bit witty there uh linda God. But yeah, I, I, I like her with her philosophy there. Um, just be, you know, persevere and allow for the boredom. And any artist out there who's having a rough day and thinking, oh God, what am I doing? What, why do I keep doodling? Why is it not going anywhere? Just think, Linda Sterling has told you, allow boredom. And yeah, good way to go, really. So that was a lot of, that was a lot of jabbering on. Uh, so we've, t- we've spoken about her ballet spoken about her meat dress we've spoken about her philosophy and her friendship with morrissey and her collage work and yeah she's just an incredibly cool person and she's um still making work today i actually went to one of her 
just before lockdown hit, actually, I went to one of her um, exhibitions in Kettle's Yard. I'm originally from Cambridge, so I went to a Kettle's Yard exhibition and it was awesome. I really liked it that she did some great big canvas works. Um, she does a lot of photography, which is... Uh, uh, which plays with the female form and female image and she models in these uh, images a lot as well as sort of directing the pictures and things like that and um, she was dripped in paint uh, creating quite a cartoony a nice illusion image really very very cool yeah so ooh, what shall we listen to next we are reaching the end of the show this may even be our final song decisions are being made Hmm. So, oh, decisions. Okay, I think. Okay, I have to play this song. If I don't play this song, then I, you know, I haven't done it. I haven't done the seventies justice. I'm going to play "Angel Eyes" by Roxy Music. Uh, this is the first Roxy Music song I actually ever listened to, um, and I listened to it uh, not to flex, but from an original record uh, singles uh, from my mother's collection. Um, very cool music taste my mother and uh, it's it's just I remember I was this is a song when I used to well I still do when I used to make my mixtapes I would always put this song on the tape because it was my favorite so yeah Angel Eyes by Roxy Music
Angel Eyes by Roxy Music and we are edging towards the end of this show but I actually have a funny story that song um, as I was saying I first heard that song uh, on it was a singles a little original record uh, which you put on a record player and I had just received I just got my first record player I was about 15 and I put it on and of course I played it at the wrong speed um, of course it's supposed to be played at about what 70 78 and i played it i think at 45 or 33 so it was a part basically half the speed that it's meant to be so i thought i mean imagine listening to that song uh, sort of five ten times slower than it actually is meant to be played and i was like whoa this is insane why is this so this is really like trippy and strange i didn't understand but yes of course silly me i played it at the wrong speed but, you know, sometimes I listen to it at that speed again just for a bit of fun because it, it sounded really cool, actually. And that was Roxy Music. Uh, it was actually from their 1979 album, Manifesto. So it's a later one. It's just the rounding, you know, just the cusp of the end of the 70s. Um, Brian Eno, no longer in the band, sadly. But, uh, yeah, personally, one of my favourite Roxy Music songs. Really, really awesome stuff. And... Uh, yeah, this week we have been talking about Lynn Sterling, uh, one of my favourite artists, sort of collagist, uh, photomontagist. Uh, this uh, very much embodies the whole 70s punk feel and energy, uh, passion, uh, feminism. The first time where people started questioning social image and social norms and reconstructing their image and identity and a lot of there's a lot of comedy in punk as well a lot of wit and and uh, yeah you know people not taking themselves too seriously um playing with gender and image and uh creating reconstructing and fabricating whole new ways of uh, looking and she definitely did this in her band ludus uh, her performances that she would do in her sort of meat dress and a, a lot of comedy i mean it was serious of course but that you have to remember there was it was also a lot of fun and it was a lot of comedy a very dada-esque you know <laughs> um so yeah um and she did uh, she tried to publish uh, a lot of her stuff and because uh, it was so explicit uh, no one wanted to publish it because it was just so explicit and she put a lot of money into trying to exp- um trying to publish it and then she finally managed to publish her book of lovely collages and it all just took off from there and poor Morrissey was distraught because he had lost his best friend <laughs> but yes she's she talks about her collages as um kind of uh, cutting and gluing magazines like a jigsaw puzzle and reconstructing them and yeah just a generally f- awesome fabulous artist one of the first artists I got really into and her, all of her work is is really interesting, really fascinating, and the fact that she's still working today and still going and still making really exciting stuff and having exhibitions and sort of uh, multimedia-ing, you know, doing ballet uh, as well as collage mu- and uh, photography and performance, and it's, yeah, it's all very exciting. And it's also all very nice to get a bit of flavour from that 70s feel, I love the 70s feel and the 70s era and the, the attitude and the unprecedented uh, winter of discontent and everything was just so awful. But also the disco, you know, it was the disco era. Everything was fun. Everyone was dancing, you know, lots of space hoppers. And yeah, so 
Thank you very much for listening to me this week. It has now struck the hour and it has been great chatting with you guys about art and playing some of my favourite songs. And yeah, thank you very much. This has been Sound and Vision. You're listening on Fresh Air Student Radio and I will be here next Sunday at two o'clock with another show about another artist. I am yet to discover which one to delve into, but it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope you have a lovely, relaxing Sunday and... Yeah, it's been an absolute, absolute wonder chatting with you guys. I do hope you have a lovely Sunday day. Goodbye.